Welcome in everybody to another edition of the Fort Worth Star Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast. I'm Peter Dawson, and as always, I'm joined by Brian Gossett. Brian, episode 14 already here. Season's winding down, but winding up towards the state semifinal and state final games. What do we have on tap in today's episode? Yeah, we just got two more weeks of the Texas high school football season. It goes by fast. We will uh, revisit some of the state quarterfinal games. Um, there's going to be some epic semifinal matchups here this week. Also throwing some scores from the uh, TAPS finals. And then uh, Monday night, where I was in Plano for the Landry Award, we'll revisit that. Yep, and, and just to tease what we have coming ahead, I know the football, like we said, the football season is winding down, but we'll be shifting into basketball season as well and some uh, recruiting signing days and big recruiting time coming up here in December and January, so just be prepared for that. So once the, once the season is over, uh, it's not actually over. We're going to keep going with some high school football and basketball as well. But we're going to start this episode off with um, Monday night, actually, and the Landry Award, which is presented to the best football player uh, and coach in Dallas-Fort Worth. And that award went to Carroll running back TJ McDaniel and Haltom High School coach Jason Tucker, respectively. Brian, this is a huge deal for those two. You were there. What'd you see? Yeah, uh, it was the third time I was there. Um, it's the ninth time the Landry Award has been presented some great uh, athletes in the past. You know, Jonathan Gray was the winner the first two years. Uh, Kyler Murray, who just won the Heisman, he won in 2014. Uh, John Stephen Jones, grandson of uh, Jerry Jones, won last year. So great honor. F- uh, there was five finalists. Uh, you had Theo Weiss, who's from Allen, uh, Brian Williams from uh, Bishop Dunn, Enoch Jackson from Legacy, and uh, Arlington Jr. quarterback Jahari Rogers, and then T.J. McDaniel. And yeah, he, he was able to win. Uh, kind of a funny deal because his brother, his oldest brother, Cam, who at the time was at Coppell, uh, was a finalist in the very first Langer Award when uh, Jonathan Gray, I think it was 2008, and uh, Cam wasn't able to win. And so TJ brought it home for the McDaniel family and for uh, South Lake Carroll. Riley Dodge was there, and uh, this is what he had to say about winning it. I didn't really get to, obviously I didn't experience a whole lot with, with Coach Landry. There's a lot of, a lot of faces in here that, that knew Coach Landry as a coach. Um, you know, it's, it, it is an honor to be selected um, under, under him and um, have, this, have this award under Tom Landry and you know, be, rep- be a representation of his, his acts and his character. And yeah, the Landry Award obviously is uh, named after the legendary Cowboys coach Tom Landry. Um, if you've seen the trophy, it's... Uh, it's a replication of his uh, fedora hat, and so a pretty neat <laughs> like deal. Like the one you see on the highway? Yes, you do. And uh, and then Coach Tucker, who was the uh, Coach of the Year, again, five finalists. Also, uh, Scott Peach from Arlington was a nominee. Actually, Tucker was uh, was there last year as a nominee, and, and he didn't wasn't able to bring it home, but uh, this year he, he did, and uh, I also got to talk to him after. Well, it was a, it was a really neat feeling, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of things come rushing to your head when you win an award like that. And uh, the main one that came rushing to my head was the uh, the good coaches we have we've been able to hire with the help from the school district. And without those guys, we wouldn't have the success we've had. And, uh, and that award certainly wouldn't be uh, presented to me without the good coaching staff we've been. Able. And yeah, uh, so his whole coaching staff was there, and it was just it was a really neat deal. And uh, especially just, with the season they had, right? I mean, they you know obviously you said he was nominated last year, but 
they, they came up a little bit short this year, but in terms of the regular season, a perfect regular season, we we most people certainly didn't expect it. Right. We didn't expect it. I mean, it was uh, they started thirteen and zero, and most wins in uh, in a single season in program history. First time going to state quarterfinals uh, and finished thirteen and one. Heck of a year for Coach uh, Tucker, and thirteen and one also for uh, Salt Lake Carroll and, and uh, under first year head coach Riley Dodge. So both. Great seasons, and, and congratulations to both guys for winning uh, those awards last night. Last week, the best game that we that Brian and I talked about, and it appeared to be South Lake Carroll and Duncanville, but that actually didn't turn out to be the case. Duncanville defeats Carroll fifty-one to seven, and we're not shocked very often on this program. You know, things happen with high school kids, but that score uh, was shocking. I mean, we talked about Carroll and T.J. McDaniel and that offense. But it's the Panthers that actually have one of the best defenses in the state and maybe even the nation. Uh, the fact that Carroll scored seven points, that's actually a good bit higher than the Panthers' uh, season average per game. Uh, Duncanville was allowing just 4.5 points per game on the season, but still. I mean, I, I you look at that score, and was it, was it Carroll not playing well, or was it Duncanville just dominating yeah it was uh the first time I'd seen Duncanville in person this season and obviously I've, I've heard so many things about their defense and uh yeah they lived up to the hype I mean they just Carroll came in averaging about uh 50 points per game they just really couldn't get anything going you know the Duncanville uh defensive line big guys you know the secondary maybe the best secondary in the state got three or four guys that are committed to FBS schools and uh, yeah, Will Bowers and TJ—they just—they couldn't get anything going, and uh, they forced five turnovers. Uh, they returned two interceptions for touchdowns. And we talked a little bit about that last week. And yeah, you nailed it. I mean, it, it's—it was shocking. Uh, I thought this would be a lot closer. And you know what? Uh, it's funny because going into the game, we talk about these these season averages, and. Uh, the, our friends over at the Morning News had two stats uh, entering the week was 241, the number 241. Uh, TJ McDaniel had rushed for at least 241 twice this season, and Duncanville had given up 241 total rushing on the season in 12 previous games. <laughs> so we talk about 20, 20 yards per game on the ground. And TJ actually got 94, so, I mean, we know TJ's a heck of a back, and so... Mid-D1 yeah. commit, SMU. But uh, but that was pretty much it. Uh, you know, three picks, two fumbles. Hard to win with five turnovers, right? Yeah, it, it does, and uh, it, it was... Both teams were slow to start the first quarter, and then uh, Dunkovich picked it up, and then in the third quarter, they scored 24 points, and uh, yeah, it's the first time they're going to the state semis since they won it all in 1998, and... Obviously, they're trying to do it again uh, on the 20th, 20th year anniversary. Yeah, it seems like they, considering how, how badly they beat Carroll, seems like they, Duncanville, that is, are rolling. That game was one of three games on Saturday at the Star. The nightcap featured another one, a little bit less shocking, but still, I mean, we talked about, I mean, you talked about Duncanville's defense, Ryan's defense as well, and against a team that, that, I don't, we, again, we didn't want to say Cinderella, but Birdville was having a heck of a year, a little bit better than people expected. But Ryan has been really good, and and I think that yeah, I don't want to I don't want to put words in their mouths, but I think they've been jonesing for 
for Highland Park again. Ryan shuts out Birdville 28-0. Uh, they've reached 10 straight... They've uh, Excuse me. They're now on a streak of 10 straight quarters without allowing a single point. And th- this leads up into a, a state semifinal rematch with Highland Park. Brian... Talk about the Birdville game, Birdville and their season in that game really quickly, and then we'll uh, we'll get into that 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 big rematch. Yeah, like you mentioned, you know, Birdville was twelve and one. The only loss in the regular season was to Ryan in week eleven. Um, you know, it's the furthest they've they've made it since two thousand thirteen. And yeah, Ryan, uh, man, I mean, it's probably the second best defense I want to say in the area at least to Duncanville. Uh, they entered the game having scored uh, 16 times alone on defense, uh, 13 returned for touchdowns, and three safeties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just it's it's crazy. an amazing stat. And, uh, you know, Ryan didn't play their uh, best offensive game, you know, only scoring 28 points, and you got to give some credit to Birdville and their defense. But um, the Hawks just, you know, weren't in it. You know, there are a lot of three and outs and punts, and it just it didn't seem the same. Uh, Birdville team that we've seen in the past and uh, I mean I, I picked Ryan to win this game uh, but uh, I thought it would be a lot closer and like we mentioned um, yeah just Highland Park again part three uh, third straight year facing the state semis. Now you'd think even without Stephen Jones there you'd think that the, that Ryan have some things figured out. Uh, speaking of Highland Park they extend uh, the win, their win streak to 29 games they knock off Tyler this was the best game that, you know, I watched a, a good deal of the highlights. I read your stories. I read a lot of commentary on this game. This is one of the best fourth quarter comebacks you might ever see in Texas high school football. Two-time defending champs were absolutely on the ropes uh, in the fourth quarter. I believe it was a 21-point deficit. They looked, they look, I, you know, I checked the score. I saw it on my phone. I, they looked cooked. I was like, oh, well, that's it. We're going to have to move, you know. We're going to have to figure out how to talk about Tyler, a team that we don't really cover and there won't be as much juice with ryan and all that kind of stuff right not so much i mean what how amazing was this because it because looking i couldn't even imagine being there yeah it was it was amazing to watch and uh our co-worker darren lauber was there as well and he he wrote the story so go check out his story on dfwvarsity.com but yeah it was kind of like um almost like the ryan and birdville game where this wasn't the same you know, Highland Park offense we're accustomed to only scoring 14 points. It was 35-14 with about 10 and a half minutes to go. And you're thinking, it's well, over. it's over. You're thinking they only scored 14 in three quarters. How are they going to score 21 in 10 minutes? Well, you're right. And then you're writing the story about the end of the run and then, right. you know, no Stephen Jones and that's okay yeah, and all that kind of I stuff. Haven't, I haven't asked Darren, but I'm pretty sure he had uh, most of his story written <laughs> about Tyler Willing. But, yeah, Tyler uh, – Again, a team that we don't cover, so it was the first time watching them. Uh, but we do know their history with East Texas. Those those kids can play. Uh, at halftime, you know, they had two runners uh, with at least 119 yards on the ground. So I think they finished with about 520 total yards. Uh, but, yeah, down 21, you're thinking, you know, th- this is it for Island Park. The streak's over. You know, we're going to have a new champ. Right away, they score. And they keep and they get a turnover and then they score again. Well, so I gotta ask you about the scores because I, I saw a couple on the highlights. You know, some of these were big plays. Was it a function of of them mating a play? I mean, obviously mating a play, but some of them looked wide open. Other that that last catch seemed like a great catch, but is it did, did Tyler kind of tighten up because some of those big plays that I, 
you had to get in that time frame. I mean, there's only a limited amount of time. You have to cover the distance of the field multiple times, right? Yeah, I feel like Tyler might have uh, gotten away from what they were, what was working in the first three quarters. You know, you kind of always hear it when a team's up that big and then they kind of, you know, step back. You know, they kind of relax. And uh, Highland Park, they're going to take quit. advantage. Yeah. And, um, yeah, quickly it was a seven-point game. And we still thought, well, Tyler's probably going to win still. And uh, like you mentioned, that big catch, uh, 45 yards down to the one-yard line with uh, about 11 seconds left. And then Chandler Morris, who first time I've seen uh, this season, and he's a heck of a player. Uh, I think he had over 300 total yards. Uh, he scores the game winner, one-yarder, uh, with nine seconds left. And uh, that was it, 42-35. And the streak's still alive and, you know, this great – Semi-final rematch with Ryan. You know, we the, the media is probably eating that up, so we're all glad that Highland Park won. So, Yep. Two, now, as you mentioned, another state semifinal game between Highland Park and Denton Ryan. Uh, pretty rare. Third straight time, a uh, third straight year, excuse me, these two teams have met in the semifinal round. Like you mentioned, the Scots have won the past two. Both teams this season are undefeated. Highland Park is ranked number two in the state. Ryan is ranked number three, relatively close to one another. Um, the you know this feels a little bit wrong to me. Game the game kicks off at noon on Saturday uh, at AT and T Stadium. It, you know, revisiting the history, Highland Park wins by ten uh, to, uh, in twenty seventeen. The score in that game was forty five thirty five. Two years ago in twenty sixteen, a little bit closer. The score was thirty one twenty four. Uh, the Scots also winning that one. You know, my, my inclination is to be. It, it, is it? Do you think that there that Highland Park might have shot it all last week, get making that comeback, and and that this is finally Ryan's time to break through? Because I I personally have a hard time picking against Highland Park. Where, where are you at on this? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, if this was if this was John Stephen Jones's show, still, I'd you'd have to pick Highland Park. Um, Chandler uh, Morris, you know, again, he's he's a great dual threat quarterback. Uh, passed for 254 yards there last week against um, Tyler, and he can make plays on his feet. I don't know if he's quite. Uh, I mean, when you watch him, he kind of looks like John Steven, but I think John Steven um, can kind of manage the game. That was that was what he did best was manage the game. And but yeah, um, it's. <sighs> This out of the three years, I, I would have to think this is Ryan's best chance. Even with uh, you know Spencer Sanders not even there, you but the defense is just crazy good, and uh, you know I think that streak of not allowing a point is going to end. I think Highland Park's going to score. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, but yeah, just watching Ryan, you know, uh, we talked about him before, but Drew Sanders, who's the uh, Oklahoma commit. Just a junior, you know, he plays linebacker. Uh, he in the Wildcat quarterback, you know, he runs the ball. But just watching him on Saturday, my goodness! I mean, he when he when they were on defense and he's there in, in the middle linebacker position. I mean, he's like a foot taller than his teammates. I mean, he just he looked like a man among boys. <laughs> and you know, Highland Park's going to be uh, having to deal with that. But at the same time. You know, Finn Corrin, uh, their wide receiver, Highland Park's wide receiver, he's heck of a guy. I mean, he 10, 11, 12 catches a game, and 
Uh, so it's going to be a fun fun test, but uh, I think at the end you kind of have to give the edge to Highland Park just because of the history. Now, if you do make it out to AT- AT&T Stadium excuse me, on Saturday, be sure to stay uh, for the 4 p.m. Uh, game. Uh, by the way, a triple header on Saturday uh, and one ticket, quick schedule, uh, quick, uh, I don't want to say scheduling notes, stadium ticket note. One ticket will, in fact, get you in uh, for all three games. So, you know, basically three for the price of one. But the 4 p.m. game on Saturday, and unfortunately, Brian and I both agree, this should be the state final game considering they might be the two best teams in the state in 6A. And that's number one Allen against number five Duncanville. I mean, we just talked about Duncanville's great defense. Allen has been ratcheting up points and pretty much blowing everybody out. Uh, save for a few of these playoff games, you know this this might be, in terms of size, speed, talent, the best game you see all year. I, you know, Duncanville. You, I mean, you said you saw Duncanville last week. Do they have any chance of slowing down Allen going for another state title? Yeah, they, they got a chance. Uh, and a quick TV note, because I got it uh, this morning, is that the uh, Ryan and Highland Park game, as well as the Duncanville. Allen game will both be aired live on uh, TXA 21. So if you got to get out to the game, again, one ticket, all three games, you'll save some money there. But if you can't, uh, be sure to record it there on Saturday. But yeah, um, this should be the state title game. Actually, one quick uh, fact. We mentioned Duncanville beat Carroll 51-7. to uh, Can you guess Allen's score against Waco Midway? I did not see the score, but I'm guessing it was a lot to a little. It was 51-7. to Oh, okay. <laughs> Same score. And uh, actually, uh, there was other two regions in 6A or 5A uh, where it was the same score as well, and those teams are meeting up. So kind of crazy uh, odd fact there. But, yeah, um, mentioned it last week. You know, before the season, a lot of people liked Duncanville. They thought they were the best team behind Allen. And, yeah, this is going to be a, a bloodbath. I mean, so many talent Talented kids, so many recruits, you know, Theo Weiss, the wide receiver uh, for Allen, OU commit. The quarterback, Grant Tisdale, is uh, Ole Miss. You know, they got uh, Jaden Jertigan on the defensive line, Oklahoma State. Uh, They got a lineman that's also going to OU. And then you got all the talent from Duncanville. I mean, uh, Jaquinda Jackson, who is getting some offers now. Uh, He's a dual-threat quarterback for the Panthers. you can't count out, you know, their coach, Reginald Samples. He's been there. He's, he's, he's basically won everywhere he's been. And so I, I'm looking forward to this game. And uh, if you're going to make just one game this season, make sure it's this one. Going back to this coming Friday, a little back to the future, we have another state semifinal matchup at AT&T Stadium also. Now, this one in 5A, that'd be number one Alito. They're taking on Wichita Falls Rider. The kickoff in that one is set for 8 p.m. Alito handled another local team. That would have been Frisco Reedy. We talked about that game as well last week, that game being in the quarterfinals. The big story, uh, obviously, we've talked about Alito trying to get back to the top of the mountain after falling last season. But in that game, in that 26-16 win over Frisco Reedy, the big story there was Jace McClellan on the ground. He has a nice afternoon. How? What do you think? He, how do you? How do you think that translates into this game? Because Alito, you know, that was not not a blowout score, and Reedy was a good team, but Alito again seems primed. 
Yeah, uh, Reedy also came into the game undefeated, so a little handed in their uh, only loss, but great season. Just their third varsity year under uh, Chad Cole there, so great job. But yeah, we talked about Alito just being hungry this season uh, after coming up a couple points short in the state final last year to College Station. And, uh, you know, one of those things where they're, most teams happy to be state runner-ups, but uh, for Alito it was a failure, so they want to get back there. Jason McClellan, the OU commit, had uh, 203 yards on the ground against Reedy. Um, I don't know a lot about Ryder. Uh, obviously, when you get this far into the playoffs, you're, you're a pretty good team. Uh, Record-wise, uh, you know, they're only 9-5. and five. So my first guess would be that Alito's uh, going to blow them out. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you know, Jacob, uh, Jake Bishop, their quarterback, playing very well. JoJo Earl, the, the wide receiver, um, really coming on the last couple of weeks. And then the defense, uh, just playing lights out. You know, first beating South Oak Cliff and now Reedy. And so, um, you know, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's a late one on Friday night, but uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. Another good one on Friday, again, over at the Star this time, the kickoff at 4 p.m., another local team, um, and that would be Brock taking on Malakoff. Brock is playing in its just its fifth varsity season, uh, and every season they've actually reached the fourth round. The Eagles are looking for their tri- uh, their third trip to the state final, their second in a row. They almost lost in the quarterfinals against Shallow Water, Brock, obviously the local area team. Well, Brian, what do you what do you do? You think they Brock keeps it going? Um, I do, and uh, again, Darren, our friend Darren Lauber, uh, went to that game out at Sweetwater Thursday night, and uh, you can catch his story. But uh, he he had mentioned that it was probably the best game that he's seen all year long. Uh, it was twenty three twenty one. Looked like Shallow Water just kind of had control of that game, and I think with a minute thirty left, Brock went. 50 yards, uh, 13 plays, and they scored with five seconds left to to win that one. And wow. so uh, just like Alito, you know, they were in the state final. They had that game pretty much won up 21-0, but Rockdale came back to beat them. So I feel like Brock's uh, a lot more hungrier just to, to win it again. It'd be their second one in program history. Uh, don't know much about Malakoff, but I think this would be a heck of a game. And uh, – and I think Brock's going to take this one. I think it's going to be another close one. Brock, you know, one of those teams that uh, this time of year, they, they win games. And so I like the Eagles to to move on to another state final. A few other DFW teams in action this weekend. We you have Decatur and Waco La Vega on Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. That game is at AT&T Stadium. You also have Granville and Yoakum in Pflugerville on Friday as well. Uh, you can find the statewide pairings and games schedules times on dfwvarsity.com as well as the Twitter and Facebook page for that site as well as star-telegram.com. This last weekend, TAPS also finished up, uh, and we had uh, some state champs from the DFW area. Yeah, we did. Uh, Bishop Bishop Dunn uh, defeated rival Bishop Lynch. It was a close game, 13-9. to uh, like I mentioned, Brian Williams, uh, the number one safety in the country, he was there at the Laundry Award, helped Bishop Dunn to win the state title. And then we also had uh, Trinity Christian Cedar Hill, back-to-back state champs now with uh, primetime Deion Sanders and his three sons. So uh, congratulations to them. They won the Division II state title. And then Willow Park, uh, Trinity Christian Willow Park out in Parker, uh, 
County there. They won the Division Three state title 15-14. to They were down 14-0 with about five, uh, five minutes left, and uh, they were able to win uh, by a point there. So congrats. Uh, Lake Country Christian came up short against Shiner St. Paul, Division Four. But uh, congratulations to the Eagles and uh, Wade White's, their first trip to the state title program history. So, yeah, TAPS is done now, but uh, just a couple more weeks and uh, looking forward to, you know, the UIL games. A quick programming note and uh, content note for listeners out there before we go. Brian's got the basketball rankings, uh, his basketball rankings coming. It seems weird with the weather the way it is, but we're already in December and we are, you know, everybody's still in the football mindset, but there's some some big... uh, some big area games, big state games, you know, tournaments to start the season. Uh, Brian, when should we look for those? Yeah, they're uh, already up. You can you, they, The state rankings are up, and as well as my area rankings are up. Uh, you know, Mansfield Timberview has found its way on, on top of both boys and girls um, in both area and state rankings. You know, look out for North Crowley boys. Uh, and we'll talk about it a little later, but uh, looking forward to the tournaments at the end of the month. You know, Whataburger's a big one. Uh, Mansfield ISD girls is another so yeah basketball is also under the underway don't forget about basketball it's been about a month now but um, but yeah looking forward to talking about basketball when uh, football's done to wrap up the show we're gonna do some final thoughts that and, and you know what I've changed my mind I I think I think Ryan I think Highland Park going with Ryan I'm going with Ryan I think I think that that comeback might have been too much last week I think Ryan at some point, it's make or break for Ryan, and I think they break through this weekend, go to the state final, and, and have a decent shot at it. What are you looking for this weekend? And what, just a quick tease, what are you looking for uh, for early signing period? Yeah, uh, early signing period, uh, it's kind of weird because it's during state title game uh, week. Uh, but right. It's December 19th to December 21st, where the football players, uh, most of them can uh, – Sign early. I think this is the second year. Yeah, the second year of the first early signing period. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's going to be some guys signing, some big names. Uh, I know Nana Asafamensa from Nolan Catholic. uh, He'll sign to Notre Dame. I believe Dio Weiss will sign to Oklahoma. But going to kind of compile a list list here of DFW guys and uh, look out for that next week. So we will talk about those as well as all of the action from this weekend, state semifinals and state finals, signing day and basketball all coming your way next week. That'll do it for us here on the Heist Fort Worth Star Telegram High School Huddle. Y'all have a great weekend.